0: Our guest tonight at Post Wrestling is one of the collaborators behind a new project called Our Heroes Rock that we're going to be discussing in detail. You know him as Biggie in the WWE. A pleasure to welcome Ator Ewan to the show. And Ator, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm good. I'm good. By the way, this is a, a breath of fresh air. By the way, starting with a collaborator on a project using my government name. This feels nice. I like. <laughs>
0: It's the uh, it's it's the rebranding uh, of Big E. I mean, collaborator, uh, real name. This is uh, you uh, venturing out, and I've got to imagine day one. I'm sure this project has been in the works for some time. But seeing the overwhelming response today, uh, w- what's that been like for you? Just to kind of sit back and see the response to all the planning that has gone into such a pl- uh, such a project.
1: I keep telling um, our, our team is, and I tell people this is as much. Um, Andreas Hale's project and Jonathan Davenport's project as it is mine. The three of us have worked together on it. I keep telling them that this, this is my Christmas. I've been so giddy just about seeing the amount of love and support for this has really been heartwarming and incredible. Um, this is something that we've, we've been talking about for the past couple months. And for us, it started as wrestling gear, you know, post, uh, George Floyd and his murder. I just had this feeling of wanting to do something. And in many ways I felt helpless. Like I can't fundamentally change systems. But I felt like doing something was better than nothing. And, you know, it, it kinda started as, you know, putting the names of of people who had died at the hands of police brutality, um, on armbands and wearing them and then it eventually morphed into having this conversation with Jonathan Davenport, who is incredible, who has designed our gear um for now since two thousand fifteen. Um, and, uh, you know, it got a really good response, but we kept thinking, man, this should be more than just wrestling gear. And then my buddy, Andreas Hale, um, just kind of contacted me and he echoed the same sentiments and he had ideas. And so I, I can't remember exactly when we first started all three of us, wor- you know, deciding uh, to work on this short, but it's been, I think a couple of months now. Um, but the, the response has been overwhelming and it's really, um, warmed our hearts
0: the concept is an animated series that would be celebrating a lot a lot of uh, a lot of black heroes whether they be of fame or or not so much you also outlined like a lot of names that maybe are not familiar uh to to a lot of people as well uh choosing to go the, the animated route and infusing hip-hop with science fiction was that very much a collaborative effort where there certain things that you kind of it, kind of took a certain vision to what was the process like with the three of you putting these ideas onto paper and having a a fully formed idea that has come out.
1: I feel like we all kind of got on the same page pretty quickly with kind of the elements that we wanted to use. And and for this short that we have the Kickstarter for um, the focus is on, on Ruby Bridges, but we're also going to acknowledge uh, many of our heroes. And the reason we had, we named the project our heroes rock is because that that's the way we perceive Black history is American history. The fabric, it's it's so much uh, part of the fabric of our nation. And, um, you know, I think in many ways, hip hop is something that so many of us were raised on, something that so many of us love. And so it felt like very with the time. And I I just think of this as it's schoolhouse rock for important black figures. And, you know, hip hop is, is such a massive part of our culture. And I felt like the best way to tell the story is through hip hop. And, uh, and I, and one thing I love about animation is it can be so engaging and fun for kids, but also for adults as well. I often think of like Shrek, which is often, you know, aimed for younger audiences, but there's a, there's humor in there that adults get and whatnot. And that's kind of what I hope this project is that you, of course, you know, if you're a parent and you want your child to learn something, that you sit them down and they're engaged, but also that people my age in their mid thirties or older, are also engaged with this as well. Um, so that's kind of what we want this project to be. Um, these are stories that I think are fundamentally important. Um, and you know, we talked in our video for the Kickstarter project. We talked about how, you know, several of us on the team hadn't learned, um, many of these names until we were later in high school or in college. And I think learning to be empathetic. Um, to be understanding, to be proud as a young Black boy or Black girl of who you descend from, of people that look like you, uh, I think is really important as far as just keeping, keeping these stories alive, as far as teaching kids empathy and understanding, and also just a, a better understanding of the history of our country and the people who sacrificed so much to make our world a better place. I think like projects like this,
0: they're so important for the reasons that you outlined. And you go back to the the murder of George Floyd, and it just seemed like it was such a reckoning point for many people. And you go through the anger and the frustration, period, and then it almost feels like people hit a wall of there's they just want to move on from it and not think of the horrors attached with it. And that seems to be the most important phase is then the next step is whether big or small steps that are going to remind you of these things. And I thought that you really did bring that to television, as you mentioned, with the armbands and bringing up the, the likes of Lamar Smith and John T. Williams and Kai Gurley. And me personally, I would take out just a few minutes every week to make sure I researched all of these people and learned who they were. And there was almost a subtext to whether this was your intention or not. It was every week. You had more and more names and it's like that was almost a a statement right there that you could continue every week with these horrific stories and it really does paint a picture of things that need to change and allowing that conversation to continue beyond just the period where there was such a heightened anger that that conversation was continuing because of examples that you were bringing up.
1: No, certainly. And I, I appreciate you saying that because that that's my intention is and the same thing with our with our gear when you see um the schoolhouse rock style um you know uh, images that we've had on our gear for the last few months is that I hope that you know there are a lot of people who are going to watch the show and they're they're just there to be entertained or they're just there for an escape but there are people like you hopefully that will do the research that will try to do more to to understand um I think one of the things that really hit me with um after uh, George Floyd's murder was that these conversations need to be had beyond this month or the next month. This is there are people who dedicate their lives to dismantling systemic racism. There are people who will, you know, spend 50, 60 years doing this work. And they will pass away and the work will still need to be done. Um, so that was my thought was, how can I contribute to this conversation? How can I contribute to education beyond just this horrific period where everyone was so emotionally invested? And then, you know, naturally with our news cycle, people eventually move on. But uh, in many ways, I think uh, this past summer uh, changed my life. Um, I think it, for a while I kind of had this feeling that I wanted to do more and I hadn't done enough. Uh, I consider myself incredibly blessed, incredibly fortunate to, uh, have had the career I have to be, uh, to have a modicum of success, uh, and, and to be, you know, really well off. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, I, I think I needed to do more and it just hit me. It felt like, uh, the light switch was finally turned on. As far as me engaging with, with with trying to do more, and I'm uh, I'm grateful for this platform. You know, you never know how long this lasts, whether it be injury or retirement. I'm grateful that people even care to know my name or to care about anything that I'm invested in. Um, so, uh, my hope is that I can use this opportunity to, to do some worthwhile things. And uh, the response, again, once again, has really um, kind of driven that home that there is there is an audience for this and people do want these stories. And uh, I I'm so appreciative. There's so many times I think we can be cynical about wrestling fandom and about our audience, but so many times people have stepped up and showed me that, you know, there, we really do have an incredible community and I'm really grateful for that. Um, you know, we, we um, made uh, when, when Kofi and I Nelson, Kofi and I Nelson the ring um, when we were still at the PC and uh, we had an artist, uh, who was incredible, um, who, who painted something. We made shirts and I, you know, I, I didn't know how much money we would raise, but I was like, let me just do something and see. And we, I think it was around $15,000 we were able to donate to the, uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund just through, uh, the shirts. So I, there's so many times where this wrestling community has embraced me and shown me love and has been with me on the causes that I'm trying to support or bring light to. And I'm incredibly grateful for, for everyone. Um, there are a lot of, really truly good-hearted good people um in in our fandom at wrestlers as well so uh i've been incredibly moved by all of that so yeah that's uh, you know the kind of focus is, is to continue to, to do good work and um and uh like i said i've just been very very thankful for all the support
0: has it been an evolutionary process for you to Understand the, the true power of the platform you have and how best to use it. Is that something you've grappled with? Does my audience want me to just strictly be the character they see on television every week and reflect that character or expand out of it? Like, could you, do, could you have imagined yourselves 10, 10 years ago, uh, speaking about these the subjects with the openness that you have been able to embrace today?
1: Oh, um, I definitely not at all. You know, these are things that I was uh, wary of here, or, or aware of for, for quite some time. Um, but I, I just, I guess, uh, I too often wanted to avoid being political or there are times where I felt like I need to just invest in my career and in many ways I think it was just way too selfish and, and worried entirely too much about myself. Um I often, what I struggle with too is feeling that, uh, People probably don't care what I have to say or uh I'm not one who's naturally brimming with self-confidence. So um it still amazes me that people are people care and people retweet and and, you know, signal boost all this stuff. So that's one of the things I think for, for too long, I just was just in this mode of thinking that, you know, people wouldn't really care or support what I had to say but um this last year or so has really opened my eyes um and I I just like the the notion of being more than a wrestler as much as I love wrestling as much as I love these opportunities I've had I have been given an opportunity to do more than just make people laugh and I I really have grown to love that I love that I can entertain people and give them an escape but I think there's also with this comes an added responsibility to be more than just an entertainer. Um, It reminds me of like, you know, when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, I remember the Charles Barkley, I am not a role model was this thing. But I think whether you Mm -hmm. be or not, you're thrust into that position. Like you don't get to check a box when you're, of course, I'm not the level of fame of of the Charles Barkley, but I'm on TV. And there are people who know who I am. And I think we all, all of us wrestlers and entertainers who have these opportunities, I think we have a responsibility to do something. And sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's just being a decent human being and showing people that you should be a decent human in this industry. And and sometimes for people, there's a greater calling to do uh, much more than that. And so th- these things have just been on my mind a lot uh, since the summer. And uh, it feels important. I can't tell you how excited I've been on a daily basis working on this project with two guys who I think are incredibly talented, but are also my friends. And I trust them. And I I know uh without a shadow of a doubt that they are beyond qualified to do this work. And I know their passion equals mine if it doesn't excel it. So um I, I can't tell you how much I've, uh you know, I, I keep reiterating the same thing, but the switch has been turned on for me. And uh, I want to continue to to give back in, in ways that feel authentic and and real for me.
0: It almost seems like it was um, just a, a perfect storm. Like you mentioned last summer, changing your life. It's not just the real world events that are also happening. But as someone that's been on the road for the last decade, you suddenly find yourself in a, in a situation where you probably have more time, uh, more free time than you've had in the last 10 years. Did you feel that that... I'm sure there were times that kind of having that camaraderie on the road during a lot of these dark times was wanted. At the same time, that isolation probably forced you to confront a lot of uncomfortable topics and and find out for yourself like where you wanted to play a role in in all of this moving forward. No, that's a massive factor.
1: And I think it was a massive factor in the outbursts too and the protests and uh, you know, because so many of, uh, we, we didn't have the distraction of, all right, I got to get up and go to work the next day. So many of us were in the house every day. And I think, you know, the road can be a blur. I look back and and think now, like, I don't know how we did that. I, you know, when I first came up, we were on those raw loops where we were doing three house shows a week, every single mm-hmm. week. And then we'd do our two TVs. So that's five shows a week, every single week. You'd be home for a day and a half. Actually, we'd have to actually, I'd land on a Wednesday. And I go back down to FCW and I would do I would train there and then eventually go back to my apartment, get some stuff together. So, you, man, you got like a little bit more than 24 hours to kind of get your life together and you're back on the road again. And uh, you're in a new town, as you know, every single night. So it's long drives. But now I was confronted with all this time. And instead of, you know, I can't think about the news right now or what I should be doing to give back. Because I got to sleep two hours and catch a, you know, leave my house at 4 a.m. to catch a, a 5 a.m. flight. The, those things were gone. So I had time to sit with myself. I had time to, uh, to think about these things. Man, I, I got really invested in daily meditation. I used to hate the idea of like going on a walk seemed like a waste of time, but I, I love just going on a walk, just spending 30 to 40 minutes just walking in my neighborhood and being off my phone for a little bit. So, I'm um, having all this time definitely forced me to kind of confront the person I was and who I wanted to be and what kind of legacy I wanted to leave. And, uh, you know, I think this pandemic was hard for a lot of people, but I guess even in the dark times, I try to find the silver lining, like losing Brody, who was one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, you know, after the initial sadness started to wear off, I, my next thought was, how do we make some good out of this horrible, painful moment? And, uh, and that's, you know, that's my hope is that it's that my tears after George Floyd's murder, that my frustration, that my anger, it, it felt useless if I just sat there in the house and cursed and cried and using using that, using that pain, using that moment to do some good felt very necessary. And uh, as much as I wish this pandemic didn't hit people so hard um, in many ways, I'm grateful in that I was able to find some kind of silver lining that I think has, has benefited me um to work toward becoming a better human i did not know
0: brody but uh being a canadian and to see edge on hockey night in canada this past weekend uh wearing a t-shirt for him i thought was just the uh the, the coolest tribute given the fanaticism of hockey that he displayed, especially for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And for those outside of Canada, Hockey Night in Canada is every bit the institution in this country as your Monday night football or college game day. So I thought that was just such a cool tribute that Adam Copeland provided over the weekend.
1: Yeah, man. And, and Adam's an incredible human man. He's, I can't say enough great things. He's always, even when I was a nobody, he was always great to me. Um, and he's a pleasure to have around. Like it's just cool. Like we, for some reason, last few weeks, we end up, uh, like a locker away. So we always just end up next to each other and have conversations. He's a great human. And uh, I was, I was moved and, and really touched by that. And, and you're right, man. Hockey meant a lot to Brody. We, uh, he was in a, a group chat with, uh, me and my buddy, uh, Emilio, Emilio Sparks. And, uh, we would legit talk every day, all day, every single day. And, and I learned uh, a decent amount. Uh, and I should have like, I, you know, he had a hookup, uh, in Tampa. He just lived down the road from me and, uh, I kind of put off going to a game with him, but I know he loved going to games. Uh, he was, he was in a, I think like a rec league or something. And, uh, he did something in Texas. Um, we just kind of like skated with the guys. Uh, I can't remember the name of the club. I feel bad, but, um, but yeah, it was just cool to see how much he loved hockey and, uh, and that tribute for, for someone who was, a hockey fanatic um, from Edge. was really cool to see. Uh, I'll
0: I'll just end off here because uh, a huge part of the Kickstarter campaign has been uh, this groundswell on social media. And, you know, as someone that has... uh, decided to tackle a lot of these issues. What is your relationship like with social, ma- social media today? And do you generally get a lot of positivity out from it? Is it sometimes something you have to step away from? Uh, what is kind of the relationship where that, that is a component of what you do is having, is having that online connection with your fan
1: base? No, for sure. I have to admit, uh, first and foremost, I'm someone who's uh, you know, probably addicted to their phone. I am on my phone way too much. And that's like the one reason I take the walks is because I will force myself to put my phone in my pocket and not touch it until the walk is over. And that's like the one spate of time when I'm awake that I'm off my phone for more than like two minutes. It's bad. So I'm, and I'm spending a lot of that time on Twitter, but uh, I generally find it entertaining. Um, I think for many people, it can definitely be a cesspool. Um, I find that people are, overwhelmingly positive as far as like my mentions and um you know i don't block people like it's not a thing that i i don't know I, I just didn't want people to have like the satisfaction of knowing they got to me or whatever and i honestly don't have that many people who are in my mentions who are an issue um there are there are of
0: time it's all about the mute button yeah. it's all it's all about the mute button to me to is, uh,
1: people it's very that's easy. it they have no idea um but there, there are times to where i'll like just be really into tweeting some nonsense. So I'll kind of go off and tweet whatever comes to mind. Like, um, I think the last time there's a lot of stuff with, uh, God bless Becky for allowing me to go off about her mom, um, whatever this was like a year or so ago. (laughs) And, uh, there are times where I just think things that make me chuckle and a lot of nonsense, but lately, um, I guess I just haven't been as into tweeting random nonsense and it's been more, you know, we will tweet about the new day podcast and, um, things that are close to, you know, just kind of the social cause and whatnot. And, um, the gear too, we're still, we're auctioning off all of our Rumble gear. Um, uh, and it, we're donating to, uh, Food Life, uh, New York, which is in their Rochester based, uh, charity. And, uh, sorry, Food Link. I definitely butchered that. I knew it was wrong. It's Food Link New York in Rochester, New York. And, uh, so yeah, so I'll post about that. It's the stuff that goes up on eBay right now it's like over $6,000 we've been able to donate. Um, and that was my way of kind of, you know, making some good out of, out of the bad of, of Brody's passing. So, you know, social media definitely can be a, a good tool. And this Kickstarter has been a, an example of that.
0: Well, you mentioned um, R- Ruby Bridges and, you know, her story is 1960, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things is not all that long ago. Like that's my, my parents' generation. And, I would be curious for you as well, and we can end off here, is that when you and Kofi Kingston decided to make that statement and take a knee on SmackDown, what was the emotion when you picked up your phone afterwards of what the reaction was going to be like? Because Colin Kaepernick was a whole lot closer, and I think history really paints an ugly picture of how he was vilified at a time. Was there any of that nervous energy when you picked up your phone to to see how the world at large would respond to that statement?
1: Um, I don't know if there was nervous energy. I I think for me, I think I've gotten to the point too where you know I'm in my mid thirties now, and I I like to examine my my thoughts or my beliefs in the moment and think is this coming from a good place? Are we doing this the right way? Is what what's the desired intent here? So I I try to kind of weigh those things, and once I feel like this is something that feels necessary. It's something that I truly believe in. I, I, I am not really swayed on what people think or not. I hope people are receptive to it. I hope they're, they're moved by it or that they think, you know, like, I hope something good comes from it for the audience. But, uh, I think I've gotten to a point now where if people don't perceive my intent, the way I intended it, if they don't, if they don't like the message that I'm putting out there, I, I, I guess I shrug my shoulders a bit because uh I feel like having some principles and, and sticking to those are, are important. So it wouldn't have gotten me down. It wouldn't have made me upset. You know, there are people who think there's no place for that in, in wrestling or in entertainment and, and they're entitled to believe what they want. But um, I've, felt very strongly. I talked to Kofi about, it, you know, Woods was injured at the time or he would have been right there with us. But I wanted to let people know, hey, we feel the same pain you feel. Like I was, I was crying like, like you were crying just because we're on TV. I think sometimes there's a perception that because you have money or you have a modicum of fame, that you're above the issues that other people deal with, that you don't feel the same hurt that you think you're above it. And I just wanted to let people know that we're not, and that in this industry that doesn't always have the best history with depicting black and brown people, that we do have a voice and that we are unafraid to use it. And I hope that when I'm retired, that people from all backgrounds, whether it be uh, you know black or gay or whatever, that they are unafraid to make a stand for what they believe in and for what's right and for fighting for equality. And uh, I think we need to do our part. And I just kept thinking of, too, like, we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. I think I too often felt that someone else was going to do it. Or, you know, I, I'm i not someone who gravitates to being a leader. I'm, I'm a, at heart, I'm an introvert. I live alone. I like being alone. I never really wanted to be a leader and to tell people what to do but I got to a certain point where I felt like you know we so often toe the line with nonsense and with vulgar jokes because it's funny to us and we enjoy it and we like entertaining people and making them laugh but if I can toe the line or push the envelope for some nonsense I for sure better be able to do the same thing for something that's important for something like this you know to to take a stand um, so that, that's more of the mantra that I have in mind as I go about my day on a daily basis is being the change that I want to see to not wait on others to, to take a stand or to do something bold or risky, um, or to be vocal about what they believe in that it should start with me. Um, and I've, I've been, you know, I've been with this company for almost 12 years and i am I'm blessed to have a certain amount of equity and, uh, I want to use that. For good, so we, we just need to do more to uh, to better the world around us you know we 're all very, very fortunate, especially in this pandemic, to still be employed to still be entertaining people, even though things have changed it 's not the same we don 't have people in front of us, but uh, we have an opportunity we have a platform, and uh, I hope that more of us continue to use it
0: uh, This has been such a fantastic uh, discussion. I really thank you for the time the Campaign is going to be open through Monday, April the twelfth. You can find it at ourheroesrock.org. Uh, as I said, uh, day one, you guys have gotten out to a fantastic start, and that's before you get the post wrestling bump. Because I mean, it should you should be game over after after this interview. <laughs> so uh, yes. I cannot thank you enough for for stopping by. It's it's been great to uh, get to speak with you tonight. All of the best uh, with this because I think this is just such a great, worthwhile project for people to uh, look into support because. i I think it's just uh, such a wonderful idea and the people involved uh i've had andreas on the show in the past he's just a tremendous very vital voice out there in the combat sports world and at large and yourself and jonathan davenport i wish you guys all of the best uh moving forward with our heroes rock
1: i appreciate it thank you so much for having me and uh, for supporting the project